Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Wednesday, June 8th. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land, not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God. As it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12, Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea and from the north, Even to the east they shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give, pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures, and from the King James with the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Naso, and it means elevate. Number 6, 1 to 15. Hashem spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, If anyone, man or woman, explicitly utters a Nazarite's vow to set himself apart for Hashem, he shall abstain from wine and any other intoxicant. He shall not drink vinegar of wine or of any other intoxicant, neither shall he drink anything in which grapes have been steeped, nor eat grapes fresh or dried. Throughout his term as Nazarite, he may not eat anything that is obtained from the grapevine, even seeds or skin. Throughout the term of his vow as Nazarite, no razor shall touch his head. It shall remain consecrated until the completion of his term as Nazarite of Hashem, the hair of his head being left to grow untrimmed. Throughout the term that he has set apart for Hashem, he shall not go in where there is a dead person. Even if his father or mother, or his brother or sister should die, he must not defile himself for them, since hair set apart for his God is upon his head. 
Throughout his term as Nazarite, he is consecrated to Hashem. If a person dies suddenly near him, defiling his consecrated hair, he shall shave his head on the day he becomes clean. He shall shave it on the seventh day. On the eighth day he shall bring two turtle doves or two pigeons to the Kohen at the entrance of the tent of meeting. The Kohen shall offer one as a sin offering and the other as a burnt offering and make expiation on his behalf for the guilt that he incurred through the corpse. That same day he shall reconsecrate his head and rededicate to Hashem his term as Nazarite, and he shall bring a lamb in its first year as a penalty offering. The previous period shall be void since his consecrated hair was defiled. This is the ritual for the Nazarite. On the day that his term as Nazarite is completed, he shall be brought to the entrance of the tent of meeting. As his offering to Hashem, he shall present one male lamb in its first year without blemish for a burnt offering, one ewe lamb in its first year without blemish for a sin offering, one ram without blemish for an offering of well-being a basket of unleavened cakes of choice flour with oil mixed in, and unleavened wafers spread with oil, and the proper meal offerings and libations. 1 Kings 3, 3-4.34 And Solomon, though he loved Hashem and followed the practices of his father David, also sacrificed and offered at the shrines. The king went to Gibbon to sacrifice there, for that was the largest shrine. On that altar Solomon presented a thousand burnt offerings. At Gibbon Hashem appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and Hashem said, Ask, what shall I grant you? Solomon said, You dealt most graciously with your servant, my father David, because he walked before you in faithfulness and righteousness and in integrity of heart. You have continued this great kindness to him by giving him a son to occupy his throne, as is now the case. And now, Hashem, my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am a young lad with no experience in leadership. Your servant finds himself in the midst of the people you have chosen, a people too numerous to be numbered or counted. Grant, then, your servant an understanding mind to judge your people, to distinguish between good and bad. For who can judge this vast people of yours? Hashem was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. And Hashem said to him, Because you asked for this, you did not ask for long life. You did not ask for riches. You did not ask for the life of your enemies. But you asked for discernment in dispensing justice. I now do as you have spoken. I grant you a wise and discerning mind. There has never been anyone like you before, nor will anyone like you arise again. And I also grant you what you did not ask for both riches and glory all your life, the like of which no king has ever had. And I will further grant you long life, if you will walk 
in my ways and observe my laws and commandments, as did your father David. Then Solomon awoke. It was a dream. He went to Jerusalem, stood before the ark, and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented offerings of well-being. And he made a banquet for all his courtiers. Later, two prostitutes came to the king and stood before him, and the first woman said, Please, my lord, this woman and I live in the same house, and I gave birth to a child while she was in the house. On the third day after I was delivered, this woman also gave birth to a child. We were alone. There was no one else with us in the house, just the two of us in the house. During the night, this woman's child died because she laid on it. She arose in the night and took my son from my side while your maidservant was asleep, and laid him in her bosom, and she laid her dead son in my bosom. When I arose in the morning to nurse my son, there he was, dead. But when I looked at him closely in the morning, it was not the son I had born. The other woman spoke up, No, the live one is my son, and the dead one is yours. But the first insisted, No, The dead boy is yours, mine is the live one. And they went on arguing before the king. The king said, One says, This is my son, the live one, and the dead one is yours. And the other says, No, the dead boy is yours, mine is the live one. So the king gave the order, Fetch me a sword. A sword was brought before the king, and the king said, Cut the live child in two, and give half to one and half to the other. But the woman whose son was the live one pleaded with the king, for she was overcome with compassion for her son. Please, my lord, she cried. Give her the live child, only don't kill him. The other insisted, It shall be neither yours nor mine. Cut it in two. Then the king spoke up. Give the live child to her, he said, and do not put it to death. She is his mother. When all Israel heard the decision that the king had rendered, they stood in awe of the king, for they saw that he possessed divine wisdom to execute justice. King Solomon was now king over all Israel. These were his officials, Azariah, son of Zadok, the Kohen, Elihoreph and Ahiah, sons of Shisha, scribes, Jehoshaphat, son of Ahilud, recorder, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, over the army, Zadok and Avyartar, Kohanim, Azariah, son of Nathan, in charge of the prefects, Zabud, son of Nathan the Kohen, companion of the king, Ahishar, in charge of the palace, and Adoniram, son of Abda, in charge of the forced labor. Solomon had twelve prefects governing all Israel, who provided food for the king and his household. Each had to provide food for one month in the year, and these were their names, Ben-Hur in the hill country of Ephraim, Ben-Decker in Makaz, Shalbim, Bet-Shemesh in Elan-Beth-Hanan, Ben-Hesed in Arubath, he governed Socho and all the Hefer area, Ben-Abinadab in all of Nephath-Dor, Solomon's daughter Tephath was his wife, Bena, son of Akilud, in Tanakh, and Megiddo, and all Bet-Sheen, which is beside Zarathon, below Israel, from Bet-Sheen to Abel-Mehalah, as far as the other side of Jachmim. Ben-Geber, in Ramath-Gilead, 
He governed the villages of Yair, son of Manasseh, which are in Gilead, and he also governed the district of Argob, which is in Bashan, sixty large towns with walls and bronze bars, Ahinadab, son of Edo, in Mahanaim, Ahimaz, and Naphtali. He, too, took a daughter of Solomon, Basemath, to wife, Bena, son of Hushi, in Asher, and Beloth, Jehoshaphat, son of Parua, in Issachar, Shimi, son of Elah, in Benjamin, Geber, son of Uri, in the region of Gilead, the country of Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, king of Bashan, and one prefect who was in the land. Yehuda and Israel were as numerous as the sands of the sea. They ate and drank and were content. Acts 6 1 to 15. And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. When the twelve called the multitude of the disciples to them, and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, Look out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we give ourselves continually to prayer, and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines, and the Cyrenians, and Alexandrians, and of them of Cilicia and of Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. They then suborned men, which said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and came upon him and caught him and brought him to the council, and set up false witnesses, which said, This man ceases not to speak blasphemous words against his holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Yeshua of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us. And all that sat in the council, looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. Psalm 126, 1-6 When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter, and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. 
They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goes forth and weeps, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Proverbs 16, 26 and 27 He that labors, labors not for himself, for his mouth craves it of him. An ungodly man digs up evil, and in his lips there is as a burning fire. I want to speak to you today from 1 Kings chapter 3 and 4, and then we're going to jump into Acts 6. And in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 9, it is written, um, this is Solomon's prayer that he prays before the Lord. And this is what his prayer, his request was in verse 9. Grant then your servant an understanding mind to judge your people, to distinguish between good and bad, for who can judge this vast people of yours? The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. King Solomon attains prophecy, and Hashem asks him what he desires. Though he could have sought riches or long life, he asks for an understanding mind so that he can properly judge the children of Israel. According to Jewish tradition, King Solomon becomes the wisest of all men and masters all subjects and languages, even those of the animals. He also demonstrates deep understanding of human beings, as demonstrated by the well-known case described in this chapter, where he correctly discerns who is the true mother of a disputed baby. The people of Israel rejoice in their king's wisdom, and thus they are united behind him. This is King Solomon's reward for asking Hashem for something that would not only help him, but would benefit to the nation and the entire world. Going beyond one's individual needs to serve the nation is one of the signs of a true leader. Continuing on in that chapter, chapter 4, verse 20, it is written, Yehuda and Israel were as numerous as the sands of the sea. They ate and drank and were content. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows, Unlike King David, who began his rule only over Yehuda, King Solomon rises to power over a united kingdom comprising all of Yehuda and Israel. As Radak notes, everyone in the kingdom recognizes King Solomon's rule due to the universal recognition of his God-given wisdom. The chapter ends with the reward for unity among the people of Israel. They become as numerous as the sand on the seashore and successful in the land of Israel thereby seeing the fulfillment of the blessing Hashem gave to Abraham. So, there is one other item, though, that I want to point out to to you. We see that Solomon is wise. He asks for wisdom, and he uses this wisdom to rule over the people righteously and with justice. But he has a fatal flaw. What is that fatal flaw? Let's look in chapter 3, verse 3. And Solomon 
though he loved Hashem and followed the practices of his father David, also sacrificed and offered at the shrines. Verse 4, The king went to Givon to sacrifice there, for that was the largest shrine, and on that altar Solomon presented a thousand burnt offerings. So what we see here is mixture. He loved God. He loved the God of Israel. But he also followed after other gods and made sacrifices to them. And why? It was all those wives and concubines. And many of them followed after these false gods, and they led him astray. And because of this mixture, loving God, but also following after idolatry, this was the undoing of the nation, and ultimately will lead to a nation split. So the blessing for the children of Israel is that they became more numerous than the sand and the stars. And that was they were unified when they had a wise king and they lived in peace and they followed the Torah. But as the king and his people were led astray by following after other gods, that's what brought about the kingdom split and ultimately what brought about them being evicted and ejected out of the land of Israel. So one day in the future, when we return to the land of Israel as God's people, as his children, we must love the Lord with all of our heart and follow his commands by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. We must keep his commands. We must follow his Torah by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. And if we depart from that, that's what leads to division. That's what leads to eviction and ejection out of the land. I want to read that verse again. Chapter 4, verse 20. Yehuda and Israel were as numerous as the sands of the sea. They ate and drank and were content. Now this is a reference to the northern and southern kingdom. Yehuda is in the south, and Israel, the kingdom of Israel, was to the north. This is before the kingdom split happened, but even here they are being referred to as two sections or parts of the nation, Yehuda to the south and Israel to the north. And at this point they are still one united kingdom. It's before the kingdom split has happened. Now, what was Yeshua's mission when he came to the earth? We get a glimpse and an understanding of what his mission was. In Matthew chapter 10, let's look at verses 5 and 6. These twelve Yeshua sent forth, his twelve disciples, and he commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans do not enter, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, he was telling them, I want you to focus on a certain people group. I want you to focus on the northern kingdom, the ten tribes of the north. 
the non-Jewish part of the nation of Israel, the house of Israel. That's who he sent them to. And this is repeated in Matthew chapter 15. We'll start in verse 22. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coasts and cried to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So he was sent by God the Father to gather, to look for, to find the lost sheep of the house of Israel and preach the gospel to them. That's the northern kingdom. They were scattered. They were taken into captivity to Assyria. They were assimilated. And from there they were scattered to all nations of the earth. So we have a divided kingdom northern and southern kingdom. But one day, when Yeshua returns, he will unite these two kingdoms. He will bring together the two houses, and they will become one again. Because he will sit upon the throne of King David. He is of the lineage of King David. And he will unite these two houses that were divided. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>